Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries, the best name in the RV and marine industry. These lithium batteries are designed and assembled in the USA, backed by a 10-year warranty. The best solution for your battery anxiety. So go check them out at battlebornbatteries.com. Whether your adventure is on the road, on the water, or off the grid, Battleborn Batteries keep you out there longer. You are listening to Beyond the Wheel, a podcast about the people and ideas that drive the RV community forward. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is Lorian Clemens from Pet Hub. She is the COO of the company and has been involved since the beginning. Pet Hub has some unique products to protect your pet and make it easier to reunite with them if they become lost. The unique technology they use is a great addition to traditional chipping of pets. As you will hear, it is more than just dogs and cats that can use this technology. Before we begin the interview, we would like to ask you to hop over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. This really helps the show get guests and increase our listener base. Now, without further delay, let's get into the discussion with Lorian. Hi, Lorian. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at PetHub? I would be happy to. So uh, my name is Lorraine Clemens. I am a co-founder and COO of PetHub. And uh, it's funny, I we joke that I am the chief officer of everything else um, because I do so many different things here at PetHub and I've done almost every job at PetHub except actually coding the software. Although I go in and I test the software and I break the software regularly. PetHub started in uh, 2010 and it was started by my then boyfriend and now husband, Tom Arnold, after he left Microsoft. I, at the time, was I was in curriculum development with Montessori schools and, and really in the education sphere. But I was helping him along the way, because that's what you do with your partner. And I said at some point, you know, hey, you know, I'm thinking about leaving education and uh, I would love to like help you in some way, because what you're doing is so inspiring, what he was doing to help pets and everything. So he said, okay, cool. And so I came in to basically figure out how to do customer care for Pet Hub and, and what they were going to do with marketing. But it's kind of morphed into everything else. And uh, so I, I might, when you say like, what's your role at Pet Hub? I, at this point, I help every single team get unblocked and be as efficient as they possibly can. That's, you know, chief operating officers. That's really what my job is. But I really help lead the marketing efforts and I give a ton of support to the sales team and business development stuff. So I, I kind of do a little bit of everything. How would you describe Pet Hub? Like, what is the core business of Pet Hub? So, the core business, it's actually, that's a tricky question because we have evolved so much over the last few years. And so, we started 
off our, our mission as it was, was protect, share, and nurture. We wanted to be a central place where a pet parent could go and manage their pet's life and take care of all the different things that come up. And, and it started with this moment in Tom's life where he was on a trip to India. This is before he and I met actually, where he was on a trip to India and he had pet sitters taking care of his two cats back in Seattle. And a one month trip for a, a job for Microsoft in India turned into a three month project. And all of a sudden his pets are like, I'm sorry, I, I can't actually continue to care after this one month because of other things that they had going on. And here he was, you know, in Hyderabad, India, scrambling to be able to get pet care for his pet and, and not having everything he needed in one place and, and having to get all these things. I'm working for Microsoft, like one of the greatest technology companies in the world. And we can do all these amazing things for humans. Why isn't there some easy way for me to communicate the things that I need for my pet's life? So this started the idea soon after he got home, went outside to go to the garage where the cat's litter box were. And they had never had an issue with cats getting out before, but for whatever reason on this particular day, cat was in there doing her business in the litter box. He opened up the garage door, something spooked her and she bolted out again. He had that feeling of where is everything? What do I do? And, and you know, who do I call? And like, oh, wait, is her microchip up to date? What she was, she wearing her collar and tag. I don't remember. Well, the number that was on the microchip isn't where I live anymore. And how do I update that? And who do I call? And all these different things. It's like this panic that he had of not knowing where to go, who to call. Nothing was in one place. Where was the last picture he took of her? He didn't know. So he's scrambling and spending hours trying to pull everything together just to look for this cat who did, by the way, come home at like two o'clock in the morning, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, after he oh, had good. had a panic 18 hours, you know, or whatever. But so it, it was, he was left here with like two times six, right in a row of feeling this panic and this unease about not having everything in one place. In fact, this is ridiculous. There needs to be a place where a pet parent can put everything together. So that kind of built his idea of Pet Hub. And, and we decided, decided to start with the idea of protect because that really was the most frightening part was your pet's lost, now what? And realizing that the only thing that he had to get her home was the microchip. And it was so confusing as to how he was even supposed to keep that up to date. And if she had had her tag on, he realized that it was really out of date information that was on the only tag that he had for her. And, and, you know, we are a mobile society that moves around a lot and we change things a lot. And in our modern society, having a tag with stamp metal ID tag or etched metal ID tag with one piece of information just doesn't cut it anymore. So that's how the idea of pet hub started. And we started with that protect piece. And then Tom, pretty quickly after starting Pet Hub in, in uh, late 2009, came up with the idea of what if I had a QR tag, a, a QR code put on an ID tag that linked to an online profile where everything that I needed for my pet was kept. And then if I needed to change something quickly, I could just change it on this profile. I don't have to worry about changing the ID tag and, and getting a new ID tag every time my information changes. So that's kind of how Pet Hub started. Now it's morphed into a lot more, which we can get into in just a bit, but that's really how Pet Hub started. So you, you started that QR code very early on. I'm, I'm surprised to hear yeah. that that was almost in the 
beginning stages of it. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I'll never forget this, the, the day, like, so Tom was at a, a Founder Institute event down in San Francisco, and he had never heard of QR codes before. They were brand new, relatively brand new. They were invented by Toyota, actually, in Japan, and Toyota had decided to make it an open source technology. And so he was, he was listening to um, a seminar about how to use it in marketing. And it was this brand new thing that was out there. He thought, you know, what if I took it and put it on an ID tag? And so he, he, that night he sent me an image and he said, he goes, okay, you see this little black squiggly line thing? I was like, okay, yeah. He goes, okay, put this app on your phone and scan that. And so I scanned it and there was some message. I can't remember what it was, but basically like, you know, this is a QR code or something like that. And I was like, okay. He goes, okay, hang on just a second. And I hear him furiously typing. He goes, okay, scan it again. So I scanned it again with my phone and the message changed. I was like, oh, that's awesome. He goes, and then he told me about the idea for the QR tag. I thought that's brilliant. And that night he filed a patent on it and he's, we filed several, I mean, we have multiple patents pending on the technology, but that was the first piece of technology that kind of started to pull together this idea that you can have all of the information in one place and it can be adaptable and you can actually use your data to help you manage your pet's life in all these different situations. And you're not tied to these, you know, and the ID tags that are standard, still standard in most pet licensing and rabies tags, and even what you can get at your local Petco or PetSmart or whatever, that was invented before the Civil War, that idea of a metal etched ID tag. So it was high time that we start using technology that was invented in this century, and that actually fits our modern lifestyle. You know, you mentioned when he his cat got out that he was worried that the information on the chip wasn't up to date or the latest info. And I, th the thing I think of when I think about chipping pets, I mean, all of our pets have always been chipped, but it's not as convenient as being able to, somebody finds your pet, they can just scan that mm -hmm. code and all the information comes up. Whereas if they're chipped, you have to take them to the vet or somebody that can scan that chip and then go search that on the computer. Is that the main advantage or are there any other advantages to the pet hub tag over chipping? Well, there's a lot of advantages. And, and I will say first and foremost, chip your pet. I mean, that it is the ultimate safety net. We are not ever gonna say, hey, you shouldn't chip your pet. But as you say, there's a lot of things that have to go right in order for the microchip to work. Mm -hmm. A, the information has to be up to date. And according to some Industry standards within the microchip industry, up to 52% of microchips are either not ever registered or are out of date. Oh, wow. so, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot. And if you talk to veterinarians, they're like, oh yeah, all the time we scan it and the information's either not there, it's never been registered, or it's completely out of date and we're, we're, we're chasing down rabbit holes trying to find the current owner. So there's, that's an issue. You also have to, you have to hope that somebody that finds your pet will know that they need to take the pet in to get scanned and will feel comfortable taking the pet in to get scanned at either a shelter or a veterinarian. Let's face it, in several communities, there's such a bad rap against the local shelter because of euthanasia or, or you know, breed specific laws, things like that, that there are people who, who are very hesitant to take an animal in to get scanned, even if they know that that's what they should do, because they're afraid that as soon as they take that pet in, that pet won't make it out of the shelter alive. And, and the statistics, frankly, in some places hold out for that. Now, the, the good news is there's a huge no-kill movement across the United States that it makes that, that reduces that chance, but it's still there. And people still have that assumption that it's there. So you have to rely that the people are actually going to take it in and that they know that that happens. But then you have to hope that the microchip has not moved. 
you have to hope that the scanner that's being used is a universal scanner, or at the very least, a scanner that will read the RFID signature on your microchip. Because here's the thing, there are at least four different frequencies used on, on microchips that are here in the United States. And a lot of microchip companies, when they sell microchips into a shelter or a veterinarian, they will sell them, they will give it to them with a scanner. That scanner is made to scan that type of microchip. So there are microchips that will scan the bigger range and will, get, and will catch all the RFID signatures that are out there, the ranges that are out there, frequencies, but not all of them do. And especially in rural communities, you can't guarantee that your local shelter and or veterinarians are going to have it. And you, of course, you don't know who they're going to go to. They might go to a shelter that does have a universal shelter, uh, scanner, yay, or they might get picked up and taken to a veterinarian. The veterinarian says, I don't see anything. And they're like, oh gosh, I guess he's, a, you know, I guess he's going to become my cat now. So, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're relying on a lot of things to go right with the microchip. And so that's why we say external ID is always, always necessary. We say, never let your pet go naked. A lot of people complain about, oh, I don't want to have to have my pet wear a collar or all these different things. And there's a lot of reasons why you might not want to have your pet wear a collar. Um, and there are, and I'll talk if I have time a little bit about some solutions that are out there for that, but allowing your pet to go naked is basically saying, I'm okay with taking the chance that all these things are going to go right with the microchip. And the, the, the statistics hold out that, that they're not going to, because still to this date, a overwhelming percentage of pets, once they get lost in the shelter, never get home again. I didn't realize that there was no frequency. I mean, not, not a standard frequency for pet tags. I didn't realize there was, you could have a few different ones. Hmm. Well, and, and that's part of, you know, so capitalism is a two-edged sword, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, that's one of those things that in the uh, EU, for example, they now require that everything is with a specific frequency and every microchip that's put into an animal has to be within this range. And they also have a huge percentage of pets that are chipped because it's a requirement there that your pet is chipped. Whereas here, it's something you can choose to do or not. And we actually have a fairly low percentage of pets, right. uh, depending on which statistics you look at, it's anywhere between five to 15 to 20, maybe 20% of pets are microchipped, which is, is, you know, Again, people have the choice to do what they want to do here in this country, and that's a two-edged sword. It you know, also means that there's a ton of pets out there that are not properly identifiable uh, when they're in a lost situation, and you're, you're gambling with your pet's life when you do that. Most municipalities require pet licensing, and a ton of pet parents don't even know that they're required to license their pet. But at the end of the day, it's the single way you can prove that that is your pet. That's how you pr prove ownership. So if somebody does take your pet and assumes that they're, they don't belong to anybody or that no one cares, nobody's mm -hmm. coming to look for him and they take them as their own, you don't have any way to get that pet back legally unless you can prove ownership through pet licensing. So there's a lot of things that people don't know about. Um, that, that's why we're having conversations like this. I have to be honest here. We do have our, our dog chipped. I don't know how to change the information in that chip. I, I'm guessing from listening to you that I have to take her back to the vet and have it done. It's not. Mm, there's a couple ways you can do Is it. There? So, okay. Yeah. So let, let me go through like some of the things that you can do to figure out what kind of chip it is. You can take your pet back to the vet, get them to scan it, assuming that they have a universal scanner. A lot of vets do, particularly in bigger cities now, or certainly your local shelter should have a universal scanner. And they'll tell you who is the manufacturer because the, the code range that's at the beginning of the number, they can tell what manufacturer it is. Then you can reach out to that manufacturer directly and then get it, get it 
change gives the information updated. It can be tricky though. Some of them charge money to change it. They, you know, they have to make money somehow. They're not doing it as of the goodness of their heart. No business does things out of the goodness of their heart, even if they have the best intentions. So very often we'll require a change fee for that. But the other issue comes and it's not, doesn't happen as often, but it does happen. There are microchip companies that have either been absorbed by other microchip companies or have gone out of business. And so uh-huh. sometimes you might be stuck with a, I don't have a way to do this, particularly with older dogs and or cats. And so the other thing that I, always recommend that you do is you register them on free microchip registries. My favorite is found animals. They're probably the widest. So you just go to foundanimals.org. It's a Michelson's uh, foundation group. It is completely free to you. And you put their microchip number into that registry. You put all of your information. And so that is the second line of defense. So the very first thing, when the chip is scanned, they take that number, they're going to put it into this thing that's called the AHA. It's the American Animal Hospital Association lookup tool. And that will tell them who the manufacturer is and then give them the information to call the manufacturer. So they will call that number and then get the information there. But if you're not registered or you're not up to date there, then their next step is to go to found animals or similar type of uh, national databases. Found animals, like I said, is the biggest uh, and the one that I would go to first and foremost, but there are others out there and you can register your chip with all of them if you want to. You can also attach your chip number to your pet hub ID tag, which is one of those, another one of those benefits of having pet hub. You can put your pet hub license you can put your pet license number on there. You can put your microchip number on there. You can put your rabies tag license number on there. You can also attach ins- pet insurance information, any behavioral information that you want to put on there. All types of stuff that might help your pet in a critical situation can all be put and updated at any time. Not to mention, you can put however many emergency contacts you wish into their pet safety circle. And that's another thing for a lot of microchip companies, they allow you to have maybe two up to three before they make you pay. Because again, they're trying to make money and I, I, I get that. Our profile is free. We have services that you can purchase, but the basic profile and as many contacts as emergency contacts as you wish, it's changeable at any time. You can update it anytime, 100% for free. We actually have the pet hub. We use it. So I'm, I'm starting to understand the hub part of the pet is having all that information in one location. And we have it because we, we live in our RV and we travel often. And we just like the fact that we can go in there and update the information. But we also appreciate the fact that you can put a little bit of personality <laughs> description mm-hmm. in there because Belle has a lot of personality and she's, <laughs> she's skittish around strangers at first. She, she acts aggressive, even though she's not. So we, it, it's nice that all that information can be in there and just easily scanned by the phone. In fact, we have a, a great example of this. Sean and I did this as a practice we were camping together and we'd never tried it before, but Sean was like, oh, let me check out this little QR code that's on Bell's collar. He scanned it and we, Sabrina and I both got emails and I believe a text message as well saying mm-hmm. that somebody had scanned, which we were not we were co- totally blown away. We didn't realize that what was going to happen it actually freaked us out. We're like, oh my goodness, are we, are we about to get charged for this? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you did get the notification, it's likely because you have our premium services because the notifications. So this is how PETA basic and premium works. It's a great chance to, to chat a little bit about that. So our basic hundred percent free profile, the 24 seven call center that's on the back of every ID tag is hundred percent free to you. You know, a real human being is there around the clock, picks up the phone, helps facilitate that pet getting home. It's not a robo system or anything like that. I mean, you have to push one button to say like, I found a lost pet. 
click that and then you get a human being. And so they help facilitate that. They also help get it to the next level if they need to, if they need to call animal control or something like that. So that's, that's free to you. The premium stuff has a lot of different things. And that's also where the fun hub stuff comes into. So let's talk about the lost pet recovery stuff. So you and your uh, partner got the, the text and the email. Anybody that was on the safety circle, frankly, got that same notification that the pet's tag had been scanned. If the person shared their GPS location, we asked, you know, may we share your location with, with the owner of this pet? Then you also got a map of where the pet was found, which can be extremely helpful, especially if you're in a camping situation and you don't know where the heck you are. It can be extremely helpful to help you get to the place to recover your pet. And then the other thing is, is that with our premium service, you can do essentially an Amber alert. You can go in and create a missing pet alert, put the last place that your pet was found, any other information that need, additional information that needs to be done. We give you an opportunity there to also update your profile. So like if you're at a campsite or whatever, you can say the campsite number that you're at and the phone number of the lodge or whatever kind of information you need to put in there at that point and update the picture too, if you need to have a more a recent picture in there. And then we send out a virtual lost pet poster in a 50 mile radius of where the pet was lost to all the shelters and the rescues and the uh -huh. pet, pet care facilities and things like that. Because those are the places that pets will get brought, especially if the collar has fallen off. Because that does happen because people say, well, what happens if the collar falls off and the tag is useless? Well, the system is not useless. The tag may not be there anymore, but we do have our missing pet alert system that goes out in that virtual lost pet poster. So that's part of the lost pet recovery stuff. Plus you can also share it on any one of the social media platforms. You can share that virtual lost pet poster and it stays updated. So it's a link. So it's not like a poster that you print it out. And so if you guys have to change locations or what have you, or add a new phone number or add new details, you just change it on the pet's profile and the link stays the same. So it's the missing pet information is just updated automatically there, which is very convenient, especially when you're in a camping situation where things change rapidly. Yeah. And then the other part of the premium that's pretty darn cool and it's growing now is stuff that's not related to lost pet stuff at all. It's our perks and our reward system. So we realize that, you know, hey, protect is the big part of what we started with, but share and nurture are the other key parts of who we are, because we wanted it to be a place that you could manage a lot of different parts of your pet's life. So share coming soon, like probably by the end of this year, you're going to be able to share that information with pet sitters, veterinarians, whoever you want within your trusted care circle, you'll be able to send that information and say like, Hey, like, let's say that you want to sign up for a brand new dog walking app. You'll be able to say, Hey, pet hub, you have this dog walking app that you're working with. I want to sign up for them, share that information to them. And then that information will be kept up to date. So that's something we're getting ready to launch in the next year. Very exciting. So you heard it here first, but then the nurture part is where our perks and rewards come in. We have trusted partners that we, that we've taken through a bunch of criteria and we've vetted them to make sure that they're folks that we trust their products. We believe in what they do. They're good people. And we then extend these great offers that a lot of times exclusive offers that you can't get any place else to our membership to help you nurture your pets and give them the best life. Because we're in a unique position. A lot of people that come to us are coming to us with brand new pets that they've just adopted new puppies, what have you. And, you know, they've, they've trusted us with all this information to keep their pets safe and get them home. Should they be lost? We also want to help them we know because we're a trusted resource, we also want to be able to help them give them the best life. So we're sharing with, with you guys what we found out there that is really the best, latest, greatest practices and products for your pets. That's really cool that 
It's all linked in one location too. I'm assuming you don't have to go to different websites to pull to take advantage of all that. It's all located in one. Yeah, it's uh, it's all located in one place. I mean, obviously, if like you want to like let's say that there's a, a dog food service, pet food service that, you know, they make custom food for you, which are, they're really cool services out there now that do this. We have the partnerships with several of them. You can come on to padhub.com. You'll get this really great offer through it. You, you are able to link to that external site through PetHub with this great offer. Then you get those savings there. So obviously you have to go on to that other site to get the stuff, but everything you need, as far as like understanding what the product is, the deal and how, you know, and how to redeem it and everything that they're on PetHub. And as we continue to grow out the share and nurture part of what we're doing, that's just going to get more and more robust and rich for you as a pet parent to really help you manage your pet's life in one central location. Do you have any idea of the number of pets that have been returned by use through using your service? That is a great question. And it's a tricky one too. So let, let's, I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit because okay. the stats are and data are really important to us. And we want to be as, as uh, transparent as we possibly can. There are multiple ways to get lost pets home through our service. So number one, person can scan the tag. They see the pet parents information. I mean, you, and you, you know, this Kenny, you get to choose what's shown publicly and what's shown privately. If you've said, Hey, you know what? I don't care. I want them to know absolutely everything about me and, and my location and my phone numbers. They can actually contact you directly to get Bella home. So we don't actually touch that, that transaction of getting the pet returned at all. And so those, we have to rely on self-reports. So for, for those there, we don't know the full numbers, but we get, we get dozens of self-reports every week. So if we extrapolate that that's only a certain percentage, then we can extrapolate how, what it is for the other parts. We, we do track every lost pet that's reunited through our, our um, found pet hotline. And that's, that's where it's exciting because of those pets that we've uh, reunited through our found pet hotline, we know that 96% of those pets are home in 24 hours or less, and less than 2% of them have ever hit a shelter door. And that's critical because that saves time, money, and lives um, to, to never hit that shelter door. And then the other way that, that folks can, can get pets home is through like the missing pet alert system, right? And that's another one that we can track and, and find out, you know, did those pets get home through that virtual lost pet poster? So there's multiple ways that that pet can get home. So through the ones that we definitely have statistics on, the ones that we have self-report on, we've extrapolated it all together. We think we know that it's over 20,000 pets that have gotten home in the last 10 years from our system. We think it's probably closer to about 25,000 pets, but, but based on really reliable stats, we think it's about 20,000 pets. That's incredible. That's great. It how, is many, incredible. how many pets are in your system? Uh, we are approaching 700,000. Wow. wow. We get, we get seven to 800 new pets on the website every single day. And, and, and for a lot of people, they come to us through either their pets, pet license through their municipality or through their rabies tag. That's also through their veterinarian or their municipality. And then there's folks like you guys who come to us direct who say like, I want this really great technology for my pet. So you can get a pet hub ID tag a lot of different ways. Um, and then we also have folks that have come to us through things like we have a a, a suite of lost pet recovery tools that are identification products rather that are through this thing called the ready kit. And so some people have actually come to us through disaster preparedness workshops where our ready kit has been at this workshop. So it has an ID tag that, that you guys are familiar with uh, or the, or the built-in collar. It has a wallet card 
So imagine, you know, every, people say to us all the time, ah, oh, my pet never gets lost. She never leaves my side. And I say, well, you're right here now at the bank and your pet's not with you. Oh, well, she's at home. She's fine. Well, what happens if something happens to you? Or what happens if there was a fire in your house and then the pet broke out? Or what, you know, what, there's all these things that could have happened, right? But what happens if something happened to you? So our wallet card and the keychain card that goes with it alert first responders that you have a pet home alone. And it links to that exact same profile that you set up for your pet. So it's the exact same safety circle and the information that they would need to be able to help the pet and probably frankly help you if you're in a car accident or something, the people that are on your safety circle and probably the people that you want to meet you at the hospital as well. So there's that. And then there's also a crate card, which for you guys, this should be really interesting. This goes on the outside of whatever their travel crate is. Again, car accidents or something like that, where you're incapacitated, it has the information on the outside of the crate so that they don't have to reach in and, and touch the scared dog to get to their ID tag. It links to the exact same profile. It's also really critical in situations where we have like vac um, evacuations with hurricanes or fires or things like that, where you're having to take your animal to a shelter that's different because they don't allow animals at the people's shelter. The, usually the local humane society will have large facilities there. Again, it allows them to quickly identify your pet without having to open up the crate, which immediately creates a lost pet risk and handle the pet to get to the ID tag that's inside. So the crate card, wallet card, key chain ID and the ID tag, and then a sticker, a little uh, window cling that goes on the outside of your house that says how many animals are inside. So again, that, that disaster situation, I mean, we saw this a lot with hurricanes down there in the South. They would go into houses not knowing if there were animals there because there were signs that there might be animals at the location and they would go in to try to save them. If you have something on the outside of your house, what we recommend that people do is like, if you leave with your animals, take that window cling off so that they're not going in and looking for the animal. But if you're not able to be at home and your animal was stuck in the house, at least there's a chance that the first responders will know to, to get in and help get your animals out. Some people do come to us through the ready kit and that's always exciting for us because they really are getting this full protection program from Pet Hub. You guys are really thinking outside of the box with that wallet card. I would have never thought about that. That's a great idea. Well, and I don't know that it's a brand new idea. I mean, a lot of people have wallet cards that, you know, if they have a medical condition or something like that to tell first responders that they have this and, and, and to how to contact their folks. So for us, it was an, it was a pretty easy jump to go to, well, what about for our pets? Yeah. So. I don't take the credit. I think that's really thinking outside <laughs> of the box. I've, I've, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And I don't think people realize just how quickly you can lose a pet. I mean, most pets are faster than we are, but tenfold. Oh yeah. And just how easily some pets are spooked. I know Belle during 4th of July, every 4th of July, we're extra careful with her because she does not like one. She doesn't like thunder. So of course she's not going like fireworks and she gets extra spooked. She's extra jumpy and a little quicker than usual. Yeah, I think this is a great service and, and something that I just, people probably don't realize how important it is until they're in that situation of, and that sheer terror of yeah. losing a pet. We've had Belle run out of a cabin once before when we first got her. We never had it, Belle's our first dog. So we, we just didn't really realize. We opened the door and she saw a squirrel and ran right under my leg and right out the door into the woods where we couldn't, I mean, she's lightning fast, into the woods. I remember I turned to Sabrina. I said, Belle just ran outside and I don't even know which direction she went in. Like that's yeah. how fast it was. Luckily well, she I, did return, but. Well, and thank goodness, right? But, but to, to your point, Kenny, I think it's really important as pet parents to be a responsible pet parent. You need to be thinking about prevention. A lot of people think about like, how do I find my pet once they're lost? 
And we actually started, it's every July, we started this in 2014, um, Lost Pet Prevention Month, because we wanted folks to start having a conversation about what do you need to do to hopefully prevent the getting lost from even happening. And should they get lost, you've got as many things in place that will help you find them quickly. Because of course, preparation is, is everything, right? And, and you know this from being RVers and out on the road, if you're not prepared, you know, if you don't have that toolkit really stocked, well, you're gonna be, you're gonna be up a creek. So <laughs> you wanna have a really solid toolkit in place for your pets should they go missing because the statistics don't lie one in three pets will go missing during their lifetime and over 10 million pets go missing every single year. Microchips aren't gonna stop people, pets from going missing. ID tags aren't gonna stop pets from going missing. So they're gonna get lost, they're gonna go missing. You can go to lostpetprevention.com, you can go to pethub.com and go to our tips and tails blog and you'll see all the types of lost pet prevention things that we have, but it goes down to training, you know, Houdini proofing your living area and the outside area. Are you using really good quality gear like collars and leashes and things like that? I mean, not all collars are, are made the same and some of them might be really, really cute, but they're really not helping keep your pet safe. I mentioned earlier that some people don't want to wear collars. I, I do understand there's a lot of reasons why people may not want their pets to wear collars. Well, one of our partners is a brand new partner, actually. It's called Undercollar. And undercollar.com, uh, they actually license the Pet Hub technology onto their collars that are not real collars. They're actually like underwear for your pets that go along the neck, but it's a cloth. It's a piece of cloth that's you know stretchy and will give. And it's, it's uh, so there's not a choke hazard there and things like that but the QR code is embedded into that. So that if you have a pet for whatever reason, dangling, jingling tags or whatever aren't work, working for them or, or they, they don't wanna wear a collar, a standard collar for whatever reason, they're tiny for one thing. This is a great solution. So I would, I would encourage everybody to, if you have a pet right now, just to, to take some time to actually start thinking of, what do I know about my pet and, and his or her propensity for getting lost? Like, why would they go? Are they squirrel driven? Mm -hmm. Are they afraid of things? That loud noises are they have they have stranger danger fear anxiety there do they get anxiety when I, i'm not around or are they just so darn friendly they want to go meet everybody and you open up they're like hey there's a party outside i want to go join you know like knowing your pet's personality making sure that the training is matching what your pet's personality is and all these different kinds of things taking the time now while everything's calm to to get ahead of the game prevent learn about all the different things you can do should that moment happen and your pet is one of the three that goes missing, you have as many tools in your tool belt as you can to start fixing the problem. Funny, I could check yes to every single one of those, <laughs> yeah, say. including <laughs> stranger danger. And yes, she wants to meet every single person too, all at the same time. <laughs> totally, totally get it. So you mentioned you have the tags. Uh, you just mentioned a few things that you have for uh, for the, the pets, the, the tags the window clings, the wallet card. And you mentioned something earlier about a collar with the technology in it that you have. So, and actually, so the under collar is, is our current partner that we have. Some folks might have had a collar from a previous iteration, I guess, of Pet Hub that we did. Uh, we had a really great partnership with an amazing company out of North Dakota called Dog IDs. They did a uh, tag that was woven into the collar. It's something that I, I hope comes back in the future. It ended up being cost prohibitive because they're expensive to make. They're incredibly high collar quality collars. And 
from a retail perspective, the cost was too high and people balked at spending 40 to $45 on a collar, even though they shouldn't. Because if you're really good in a great quality collar that will last the lifetime of the pet, then you should be paying $35 to $50 for that collar. But, you know, we're in this cost conscious society where people are, you know, they're used to going to the the department, big department store, and they're paying $5.99 knockoffs from overseas or what have you. And it's not necessarily the best collar or quality. It might be cute. And you might have a range of cute colors that you get to wear with all these different you know, designs or whatever. And I get that. I mean, I actually, I had a little Boston Terrier who was a fashionista. I get it. But at the end of the day, especially if you have a dog that you know is a runner, that's a big outdoor enthusiast dog, that kind of thing, you owe it to yourself and to that dog to get a really high quality collar on there. And Dog IDs is a great company for that. And so they did a wonderful integration with us. And we hope to be able to revisit it again in the future. But the cost was really high. But there's a lot of people out there still with those Dog ID collars because they last forever. So yeah, that, that was what I was talking about there. And so how do people get those either the QR code on the tag or right. So how do they come and get a pet hub tag? Basically, how do they how do they get pet? so the easiest way? Unless you live in a community that has pet licensing that does pet licensing through pet hub, which is the easiest way to get it done. But if you want to get a pet hub tag directly from us or one of our ready kits, you just go to pethub.com, click on the shop button, and we'll take you right there. Also, if you are interested in like the undercollar, there's a couple other uh, really cool tag companies that license our technology that do really beautiful tags that look like jewelry and stuff like that. Like you can also link to them from our site too, but pethub.com uh, and just click on the shop link. So how does the city, the city licensing or the county licensing, how does, how does that work? Yeah. So we are helping community by community, helping them come into the 21st century by replacing those stamp metal ID tags that are the vast majority of pet licenses. And so we work with the community. We, we are very competitive with price, which a lot of times for an animal shelter, they don't have money to spend. So we work, we work very hard to make it so that it's affordable for them. And then we help them create an ID tag that reflects the community. It's usually got some beautiful artwork, either from the shelter or the community on the front. So it's actually a tag that people want to put on their pet rather than those ugly stamp metal ones. And then it links to a free online pet profile on the back. And the, the number that is on the QR code is your license number. We deliberately built our system so that we could streamline into any existing system. And you don't have, you know, there are, there are digital ID tag programs out there where you have to work within this small range of what they can do. And we realized we had to build our system. So it would be agnostic And we could work with as many systems as possible because our ultimate goal is to protect pets and to get affordable ID tags onto every pet in the United States so that we're no longer just relying on the microchip or a stamp piece of metal that will wear out. We try to make it as much of a no-brainer as possible for the community. So if you have people in the community that are listening, that are wanting to know how to get their pet licenses in their community switched over to Pet Hub ID tags, just drop us a line. You can always email us at info at and we'll put you in touch with the right people. And then we'll talk to your community about it. And so, sorry, Kenny, I know you have more questions, but I got, I just had one more thought. Like when we go to RV parks, it seems like every time you go to a new RV park, they want to, you got to have proof of vaccinations and things like that. That could all be linked through that QR code then. 100%. So if you have a pet license, 
through pethub.com, a lot of times that's all you'll need because most pet licenses in most communities are linked to your rabies vaccination. So that's number one benefit of getting licensed. Um, the other thing is that you can link any documents that you'd like to your pet hub profile. And we have a ton of people that have their rabies vaccination documents and their certificate linked to their profile. You can also put just the information into the, to the actual fields. There's a place that you can put all vaccinations, not just your rabies vaccination record onto the pet's profile. Some places though, do require to see the vaccination certificate. So you could just take a picture of it and load it up to your profile and show it whenever you need to. That's great, man. That's a clever idea. Well, it's, it's part of the part of the world that we're living into. And we're hoping that, you know, as, as the technology continues to advance and the pet industry gets more and more technologically savvy, which it is that we're able to start doing more and more of this through just tech and not having to have the physical piece of paper that you have to keep track of. Yeah. Other than cats, dogs, they're the two that probably come to mind right away. What are yeah. some other animals, maybe strange or exotic or anything like that, that you've heard of people using the service with? So I love this question. So I will say that people have tried to put it on their children. We had, there was okay. one several years ago that we, we, we get notifications when all of our new pets come on, which now when we get seven to 800 new a day, we can't keep up with. But at the time when we first started, it was like, you know, everyone that was joining was like, yay. And we had a nine-year-old, we assumed dog named Jeremy. And we're like, that's an interesting name for a dog. <laughs> and when we looked at the thing, it was a nine-year-old young boy. And wow. it was like, ah, so other than the few human children that we then encourage them to take them off because we don't need HIPAA compliance. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but we have horses, a lot of uh, yeah. e equine providers actually use our ID tags and provide them for their full stables. We have goats, pigs, actually probably one of my favorites are tortoises. So I don't know when it got shared, but we have a number of sulcata and other types of tortoises that actually have our tag epoxy to the outside of their shell. And we have one frequent flyer in Sedona, Arizona. His name is Bowser. He is a huge sulcata and he has gotten home with our ID tag at least three times. And I'll never forget the first time that it was called into our call center and somebody said, hi, I found a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so it's so funny. We immediately had to call the pet parent and say like, oh my God, can we share this story? And she's like, yeah, please do. She, she actually got it when she had heard about our tags through a sulcata group. And apparently Bowser breaks out often he bulldozes through the end of the fence. And so that's currently a common thing for those guys. I would have never thought about a tortoise getting away. I don't totally. know why, but I just yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. Apparently it's actually an issue. So we, yeah, we, we protect, we are pet hub. We're not cat and dog hub. We, we are equal opportunity. We used to say fur kids, but now, you know, we got, so we've got what scale kids and uh, feather <laughs> kids and all these kind of things. Although we've never had one on a bird that we know of. And then if somebody were to find a lost pet and they see the, the tag, but they don't have a cell phone, what couldn't they do without having a phone? You can look it up on any computer. So if you were able to get okay. the, the, I mean, because the, there's a human readable URL on every ID tag. So you don't have to have a QR scannable smart device in order to get it, but you can also, I mean, assuming you have just, you know, what do they call them? Dumb phones now? I don't know because <laughs> it gets the smartphones, but anyway, old fashioned, mm -hmm. the old fashioned cell phone, isn't that odd? You, you can also just call the 24 seven call center phone number that's on the tag. Okay. That's perfect. Cause everybody has at least the cell phone. 
not everybody, I guess, has a smartphone yet, but at least everybody has a cell phone. It's, it's, it's incredible though. When we first started, I think it was like 42% of adults had smartphones in the United States and now it's like almost 90%. So it's, it's pretty prevalent that everybody has yeah. a smartphone at this point. And most of the smartphones now, I mean, it used to be, you had to have a QR scanner app that you use, but now pretty much everything that's been made since 2018 and beyond, you just point the camera at it and it recognizes it as a QR. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like your website. There's a lot of free information on there. One of the coolest things I saw on there though, was the new pet feature. And yeah. it's just cool to look and see the personality that even goes into the photos that people link to their account. I'm, I'm assuming that's where you pull it from internally that's one of our favorite features we it's it's delightful to hear that actual customers are out there looking at that too because we in internally i think i go on that every three or four days just to kind of see the pets because like you say i mean like some of them are hilarious some of the names are absolutely delightful <laughs> you know like master snuffleupagus of hillsdale proper or well, you know, like whatever it's like so hilarious and uh and you read some of the the about behavior things they're they're pretty hilarious and some of them are are pretty uh racy too a lot of fun for the not suitable for work shares where people are like oh my god did you hear what they said about their cat you know it's really funny really funny stuff so it's it's fun to see and of course it's only showing if people have chosen to show it but it's it's a lot of fun it kind of gives you an idea of how we are with our pack members is what we call them we believe that protection is super important. We take it very seriously. We hope that you find us reliable and trustworthy. But at the end of the day, we're in this because we love our pets. And because when we, you know, when we hear about wonderful things with pets, we go, ah, you know, we, we all get goofy and silly. And we, we talk in baby voices with our pets, just like every other adult does admit it, you know, kind of thing. And they bring a level of joy to our lives that we hope we can bring that level of joy into what people find when they come to Pet Hub, even though you're coming to us to initially protect your pet if they get lost. If anybody is thinking about going on the website and getting started with Pet Hub, definitely check out that section of the website because it is pretty fun to watch. You find it, I found myself like 20 minutes scrolling through there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. I would imagine in your position, that you get a lot of like, what would the term be? Uh, feel good stories or feel good yeah. uh, customer response. That that's got to be a reward, I would imagine, all in its own. Yeah, and and I, I and I'm a little bit farther removed from it now than I was when we first started. I mean, when we first started, it was four of us, and we were we were the ones picking up the phone and everything like that. I mean, I'll I'll never forget. I don't know. This is maybe about 2012, 2013. Got a call in the middle of the night. We took the nighttime calls and about a lost pet and had to call the, the pet parent. And he did not believe that his pet was missing. He hung up the phone on us and we called him again. And I literally convincing this guy, like, no, sir, your pet is at such and such, such and such place. And it was in, outside of Plano, Texas. And he was yelling at me and he's like, oh, fine. I'll go out and check the backyard. And then the next thing he's like, oh my God, <laughs> out. you know, like, like you can hear all the yelling. Like that. I connected the two and I'm hearing the talk. And it was really like, to hear that kind of joy. I mean, it was wonderful. We've had times where we're connecting the call and a kid answers the phone and we're telling them, you know, we have somebody on the other line who believes they found your pet and you know, the joy that comes from that. I mean, it's a car to not like get like totally overwhelmed with the yeah. emotion. And I think probably my favorite story, and this is, this to me is like the quintessential why pet have is so important. We had a woman who uh, left her dog with her mother and she went on a trip to Spain. 
And she was literally in Chicago O'Hare realized, oh shoot, I forgot to change and put my mother's phone number on the pet hub tag. So she on her smartphone gets onto the website, puts her mother on the top of the contact list, gets on the plane, flies to Spain, 14, 15 hours later or whatever, she lands, connects to Wi-Fi at the hotel and her phone blows up. She's got text messages, she's got emails. First text messages is, oh my God, Missy got out, all these things. She's like, oh, but she's like continuing to read. Oh, thank God, somebody just called me. Okay, I've got her now, we're all good. All this happened while she had been in the air and her mom had gotten the emails and texts her mom had gotten the phone call. I mean, Missy was found within an hour after running out and called and immediately. And Missy's in a different town, like a couple towns away where they, I mean, like all these reasons why a standard ID tag that had your cell phone number would not have worked. Yeah. And Missy would have been 15, 16 hours lost before she had even had access to her phone had it been her old tag that just had her cell phone number on it. So that to me is like the quintessential, this is why you need a tag like Pet Hub. Yeah. And we wanted to have you on because with RVers, our life, sometimes every week you're moving and changing and, and being able to keep up with all the stuff used to protect your pet. This seems like a pretty good solution, like a one-stop shop for, for updating all that information. And now that we know that you could have images of your vaccinations on there, or even if you license your pet through your county. I mean, that makes life even so much easier, just not having to track pieces of paper every time you go somewhere. So oh, it's really great, great idea. We, uh, I really like what you guys are doing and, and we tested it out on Kenny's dog. So <laughs> it, it works really well. It works. And it works really fast. <laughs> yeah, I love hearing that. I love hearing that because that's, that's why we built it is to be fast and reliable. So before we let you go, is there anything that we might have missed that that you want to talk about? Uh, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't think so. I feel like we covered a lot of different things. I would just really highly encourage people to go on to our website, um, learn about what we do. Um, I'm going to throw out a coupon code that's been out there forever, but it's one that we will always honor. Uh, it's called Pet Hub Love L U V. So P E T H U B L U V. It's 20% off our ID tags, you know, give you a chance to, to try them out and to, to, to see if you like them. And, you know, if you choose to upgrade to our premium solution, there's a special welcome code that you get when you first log in. So make sure you use that code and you get a little discount at the beginning. And it's very affordable, four bucks a month or $24 a year. So um, to get a lot of really great extra coverage and extra peace of mind if your pet should go missing. So anyway, that's all I'd say. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you awesome. so much for taking the time to come on and chat with us. This was a lot of fun and very informative. Thank you. I really appreciate it. We want to thank Lorian for coming on the show and explaining all the great features, as well as the history of Pet Hub. I can tell you as a customer of Pet Hub, they offer way more than I realized. And I learned a lot from this interview, especially how the service can help you recover your pet, even if the tag gets removed while the pet is lost. If you have a pet, we definitely recommend going to PetHub.com and checking out all they have to offer, including comparing their free and premium services. I really enjoyed hearing the passion for pet safety in Lorian's voice and wish her and the company continued success. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Battleborn Batteries. Battleborn Batteries just recently added two new batteries to their lineup, which now offer 270 amp hours of capacity per battery. You can learn more at BattlebornBatteries.com. Take care, everyone, and we want to wish you all safe travels.
This episode is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries, the best name in the RV and marine industry. These lithium batteries are designed and assembled in the USA, backed by a 10-year warranty. The best solution for your battery anxiety. So go check them out at battlebornbatteries.com.
Thanks to Chris for coming on the show and talking to us about WaySafe and towing in general. There's always so much to learn about RVing, and I feel like I learn something new every time we interview someone, and this was no exception. Please be sure to check out their website. We have a link in the show notes. None of this would be possible without our sponsor, Battleborn Batteries. We appreciate everything they do for us and the RV community. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all the latest news about the podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. This episode is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries, the best name in the RV and marine industry. These lithium batteries are designed and assembled in the USA, backed by a 10-year warranty. The best solution for your battery anxiety. So go check them out at BattlebornBatteries.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.